are not millennials. We are matured. Brought up on collaboration as an art form. Delivered as value. Howdy, Steve. Hey, Moraine. We're back. Yes. It's only been a week. Yeah, actually it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because we we lost a week last time. Yeah, but for good reasons. We do. And I'm now looking at the screen and we are recording. This time we are recording recording from the first time. We're all good. Beautiful. Beautiful. We have got a strange subject tonight. A tough subject. Tough subject. It yes. really um, had us collaborating in the office for at least an hour to make sure that what we were saying was going to make some sense. That's true. And it had nothing to do with the bottle here uh, from the Loch Ness distillery of their Inch Marin. Madeira. Inch Marin, look at that. Inch Close. Marin, inch just Marin. an inch. Yeah. yeah, just an inch of Marin. Um, yes, we had a beautiful little uh, Madeira cask, just a little bit of a taster. Mm, mm, uh, mm, wonderful mm, present mm. from my mother. So it had nothing to do with that. No, this was a tough no. subject. Yes. So the title we put across the top of our illustrious whiteboard here is Supporting Back to Office Policy. Because one way or the other, we've both been supporting our clients in getting people back to the office one way or the other, either enabling MS365, MS Teams, getting it right, doing those meetings, etc., etc. Even better, two years ago, we were supporting our customers for everyone to work at home. Correct. We'll, we'll touch on that a little bit later, though, because I think that the reality of that is that you had to do it. We had to, yes. Now people don't have to come back to work. Well, if the boss says you have to come back, then then you, you just kind go. Of have to. You just otherwise. Leave. Well, there's this big resignation around the world uh, happening right now. So people are starting to figure out that hey, if I don't agree with whatever my boss is saying, I can just leave. F off, and and you see the word yeah. is leave. You don't yeah, need leave. to swear. Yes. No, I know. All right, it doesn't become you. Talk to an old man that swore all his life. He'll hey, tell I'm, you. I'm almost 40 years old. You're almost 40 yes. years old. Two months from now, I will be... No, three months from... Uh, whoa, whoa, June, whoa, 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 whoa. Yes, two months from just now. Just a second. Just a minute. I'm just going to talk to my wife. Hey, Silver, have you had the invite to uh, Moraine's 40th birthday party yet? You have, she says, of course. She has? <laughs> oh, Well, how can okay. you be having a 40th birthday party and a 40th birthday and I've not heard about the party yet? Um, I, the last time I've done a birthday party, I think I was 11. And how successful was it? Very. So what traumatic experience stopped you having <laughs> one since? Uh, it's just too much work. Ah, Anyway. This is a, I'm going to have to, and what did your missus say about, I'm going to have to have these conversations. You can't get to 40 and not celebrate it, brother. I think so. Yes. Actually, I was talking to a friend yesterday and he's also turning 40 and he said, I'm going to have my, uh, my, my nuts uh, (laughs) nipped. So 
that that was our conversation yesterday. Yes. So so I, I know what I'm buying you for your fortieth birthday, dear. <laughs> Scissors. Scissors. <laughs> oh seriously nice. and i yeah. knew i mean i know how old you are i never thought how close you were to 40 because i never mm. even think about age so i need to remember that oh is it yeah. a podcast night it is a monday i think but yes. anyway anyway yeah. but we, we detract yes so so yes i think that when two years ago two and a half years ago whatever we suddenly all had to work from home yes some people got it right some people didn't there's no doubt about that mm-hmm. and yeah uh, you but, had the people that called us Correct. That got it right. They got it right. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. rest didn't necessarily. Um, but now, as you say, um, if people working from home has become a key uh, employment criteria, it's become a key enticement for people to say, hey, you can come and work for me. Uh, I, I spoke to a guy uh, today, uh, no, not today, but yesterday, uh, about... Um, configuration and design documents for MS Teams, mm-hmm. and he was sitting in Portugal. Okay, and that's yeah. where he now works from. He's actually yeah. a Belgian company, but he works over there, and and that's what he needs to the do. The world is flat again. Uh, there was the Marika Guru, the lady you can never remember a name from from Microsoft. You know the lady that does the great speaking that heads up the in, in Ignite. Come on, your lady. What's her name? The change lady. I'm embarrassing myself again, not being oh. able to remember the lady's name from Microsoft. You'll remember her in a minute and then you can shout it out. But in the last presentation she did for Take Night this year, she was saying for the first time her and her husband are now looking at where they want to work and live from. Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. Microsoft themselves, you don't need to be attached into the office anymore. Even they have changed and and, and they were... Um, well, they've, they they had that policy for a number of years already that you don't need to be in Seattle in the office to do whatever you want to do. But that's at our level. If you want to climb through the organization, you, you have need to, to show your face. Every no, it's once not in a just while. about showing your face. We're going to talk about it a little bit later, but you need to be there to join those innovation and strategy meetings that mm. the rest of the senior board are going to be in. Yeah, and if you're not in there, then. You know, maybe yeah. that will change, of course, in time with these new policies. So we we came up with a scenario that says the business has made a decision that um, we now need to create a back to an office policy or a working from home policy or whatever it needs to do. Mm-hmm. And they kind of have to judge a number of things like, you know, what can we get away with? Because if I, if, well, no, it's <laughs> yes. true. The no, u- absolutely. The unions yeah. are going to yeah. get involved in all of this yeah. kind of stuff, um, and and all that, and the workers' councils, depending on where you are and what you're doing. You've also got an investment in a, a building somewhere, probably mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. a lease building. So mm-hmm. if you can get out of that potentially, you must be seriously considering. I'm not going to bother. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and um, so the real question that the business needs to to well, the real question you need to ask the business is how can I help. Exactly. And that's where we come in. How can we support that back-to-office policy? How can we support whatever business decision the board makes coming back once uh, a week, two days, three days, not coming in, uh, coming in every day, whatever they decide, we want to make sure that us from IT can support that decision. Yeah, so it works both ways. I think we want to help them. So yes. we want to say, hey, look, you know, uh, then we can do X, Y, and Z, which we'll talk about a little bit later when we talk about hybrid meetings and how mm-hmm. important they are to this process. But also we need to stop them doing something stupid. 
You know, we oh, need yes. to kind of stop them doing something so extreme that would be limited by the technology. I, I've, I've been reading, I told you last week, I think that I was reading the, uh, the Phoenix Project, mm-hmm. which is about 20 years old. It talks about uh, how you align, you know, manufacturing against your DevOps and you're creating your IT policies and stuff. And uh, it's a really enjoyable novella, as you called it in the last podcast. Um, but that is all about uh, one of the biggest things they did was getting close to the business that, you know, IT for years have been away from the business. I know that the last 10 or 15 years that's changed a little bit. But this is just another example uh, of how that happens. Uh, I've got one at the moment with a client where we're trying to work out why, how we can stop translating emails into 14 languages before we send them to the company because it's across you know European countries. And I asked the question, where's the language policy? And they went, yeah, well... So how can I build a language solution in Microsoft 365 unless you have a policy that I can judge it against. I cannot yep. lead your policy the same way as I cannot lead your back-to-the-office policy purely by technology. Yes. And when I tell you I need to invest $2 million on this and this and this and these rooms and that equipment and blah, 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 I need that policy that you've signed off to as my justification for doing it. You know, yeah. Otherwise, it's never going to happen. So it's True. very important that we actually get that kind of thing together and there's some quantitative things about this as well there should be yeah because otherwise you can't measure it well you can't measure it and you can't necessarily guarantee a service level agreement in some form yeah. or another mm-hmm. how many days are people going to be working from home uh, do i need a bigger internet connection because everybody's going to be in meetings yeah. do i need do i need do i need licenses for vpn do uh, i yeah potentially exactly. yeah Yep, so all of those things. So that office policy, although it's a business decision, you know, we're going to help and support the business or IT is going to help and support the business. Uh, And IT need to change their service level agreements. So Mm -hmm. their their agreement to the business, their budgets will change. Yeah. So it's a big thing. Also how they work, just business process-wise. Correct. There's going to be a lot of changes there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, we've had some fun discussing this. All right, because I think we're kind of slightly different in terms of the views to, to as we go through some of these things. But um, yeah, yeah. we're going to try and basically look at, you know, Microsoft's strategy of digital first. We're going to touch on that a little yep. bit. We're going to talk about innovation because I'm a fairly big believer that in the current state of play, businesses are losing the ability to innovate, even at a small level and at a, a big level mm-hmm. because of some of the limitations. We need to look talk about service descriptions. So what does it actually mean? How has that changed? Service de- descriptions today are you walk in the office, you put it on your desk, you connect, you get your standard monitors, your mouse, your keyboard, you get a certain amount of bandwidth and you know your service is fast as it needs to be. Yep. Now that needs to be different and it needs to change. And talking about change, I think we'll finish by going back to our change and what this actually means. To our beloved Adkar. Adkar, yes, which Mm. we nowadays even seem to remember all five letters. (laughs) We have grown, Moraine. We have learned so much. We have grown. Yes. So at least Barcelona was good for one thing, <laughs> learning the five letters of that car. Yes, yes. and uh, the uh, the long row whiskey. Have I told them the story about how I got that yet? Did we mention that in the last podcast? I don't not think so. All right, oh, okay. a funny bring whiskey it up. Story. No, okay. we'll bring it up later. There's a funny yeah. whiskey story coming a bit later. You will remember, for, if those of you that have listened to our Barcelona 
Whiskeria conversation that we we found an absolutely superb uh, whiskey that neither of us had ever heard of before mm-hmm. that came from a distillery that we knew of, but we didn't realize that they did a petered versions of their whiskey. So we'll maybe remember to cover that later. Mm. All right, let's talk about the service descriptions then. So how do we define the service we deliver to our users? Well, in, in a number of ways, we say, hey, this is how you're going to create a SharePoint site or this is the SharePoint site structure we're working to or your your service level agreement. There's basically a a description that says, as a user connecting to MS Teams, this is what your expectation will be. Yeah. Okay. And it's, it's great for everybody, the help desk support. So the help desk can easily say, actually, that's not... In the description, so I'll give you best efforts, but I can't necessarily fix it because yeah, your service can't do description support. is yeah, exactly. exactly. All mm-hmm. right, so that's it. Now, what I'm yeah. suggesting here that is that that service description on a back to office kind of scenario and policy is going to have to cope in lots and lots of different ways. Yes. So you will have a description for working in the office and one for when you're not in the office. So one of the things that I've seen with almost all my customers is, for example, multi-factor authentication. If you're working in the office, you can just plug and play, and we will give you uh, every every seat will have the same hardware. Um, but if you're working from home, we cannot guarantee the, the network. We can't guarantee that it's you. So you need to do an extra step in yeah. MFA. So MFA, just to confirm that it's you logging yeah. in from your network. Exactly. Um, or from your device, yeah. uh, and to make sure you're not being hijacked. And yeah. that's, that's because one of those when things. you're in the office, you actually batched in to walk into the office, so we know that you're in the office. Yeah, you yeah. rings of defense. Um, yeah, so exactly. if I absolutely understand that, um, supporting people at home is an interesting one. Yeah, because uh, I'm going to put my laptop down and I'm going to spill my coffee. Spill my coffee. Let's not call it whiskey, but coffee. Yes. No coffee. Coffee yes. in, in working hours. It's yes. always coffee. Yes. Coffee with a coffee. Um, and uh, do I have extra monitors? Do I need extra monitors? Do I just work with the laptop? Do I need headsets? Do I need yep. speakers, microphones, no. cameras? Mm-hmm. What is the scenario? for people working from home. Yeah. And that is part of something that needs to be yeah. defined. Do you give everyone, for example, because you've got that um, bring your own device policy on the have one you? hand. Hmm. But you might you, have, you might not. Yeah, but on the... Yeah! 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 Hashtag screwed up. Hashtag yes. screwed up. Okay. <laughs> so we were in the middle of our story... And then we checked the screen and it turned out that we were not recording anymore. So we need, we need to get an engineer, a solely engineer. Actually, you know, we should stop telling everybody we fucked up because <laughs> yeah. we're not being very professional, are we? No, no, it's true. All right. Okay. So we agree that we need service descriptions. We need to think about people working from home, working from office, different profiles. There's also personas that need to be considered. Yes. Because you've got different kinds of people in your organization doing different roles, different jobs, and they require different tools. Yeah, the same as we have now. But if we take that from a back-to-office policy, somebody that actually builds something on a production line or somebody that is a help desk support, they're not going to work from home. No, but you already had those beforehand. Okay, let's ask a question. Why would they not work from home? All right, I admit the guy that's building the exactly, thing, but, yeah, but yeah. help desk staff. 
But so how far down the organization would you actually well, go? It it kind of depends. If you need stuff that is in the office that can only be in the office, then you kind of need to be in the office. If you're repairing as a help desk guy, if you're repairing laptops, if you need to screw them open and change like the, whatever. That's like the guy putting the production line together. That, yeah, exactly. But that. for example, what you could do is you could have, uh, you could send those with uh, your uh, delivery guy and send those off to this person that works at home. Do the same thing that Microsoft does. You know, you send the laptop in, they give you a second yeah. one by return post. For example, yeah. Exactly. So, so interesting to decide who and what kind of service you're going to end up with. And yep. those persona, personas are interesting. I'm going to drop another subject in here as well when you talk about service descriptions for home and office work. Um, it depends on the industry you're in. I think we've probably touched on that in terms of production mm -hmm. and everything else. Mm -hmm. But it also depends upon the management style and the managers in the organization and whether they can deal with you working from home. Yes, yes. It's all about managing um, not the hours, but the outcomes. And that's true. But that's, yeah. And that's something that people have probably been forced to do for the last few years. Yeah. So maybe they're used to it. In which case, why are the organization forcing people back to work? Uh, really good question. Uh, I'm guessing, as you already said, um, I'm guessing that there uh, might be some innovation that might get uh, lost if you're not at the office. If you're not seeing each other real time, if you don't have that uh, coffee machine conversations, um, yeah, we'll that come might to that. just go. I agree with you. The, the innovation is something that yep. I feel quite strongly about, but we'll come to that in a minute or two. Let's talk about uh, the, some of the manufacturing organizations in the, in the COVID pandemic period. They had permissions to work yep. because obviously they could not, especially, you know, people that created medical conditions or medical material or something. Mm -hmm. They mm -hmm. had to work. So they were working yep. under certain conditions. And now, why are they working from home now? Why would they actually get the opportunity to work from home? I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, it's just a question. So it just depends upon what industry you're in. Yeah, um, oh, absolutely, yeah. What if you don't want to work from home? What if, sorry, what if you only want to work from home and you don't, go, don't want to go in the office? What are they going to do about it? I've got you a monitor. You can't have it back. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. No, I, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good discussion to have with your manager if you don't want to go back into the office, or vice versa if you don't want to work from home anymore. That's true. Because then your office needs to make sure that you get a seat and a desk and. and all it's the all other about equipment. putting the people first, isn't it? It, yeah, it's it actually is. saying, yeah. hey, look, guys, you know, we, we want to keep you employed. We don't want you to go off to our competitors. Uh -huh. Well, except for you, but you can go whenever you like. But, you know, that you basically want to keep your people in play. It's yeah. amazing that there's always one person that nobody minds if he actually moves yeah. on. If only. If no, only. Yeah. No, no, no. Of course, we love our people and that's yes. fine. So these policies are trying to support the business, of course. But but we're actually seeing a lot of migration between companies at the moment, aren't we? Yes, the great resignation. It's the great called. resignation. Yes. I think it's a it's a brilliant tool. It's it's about everybody uh, resigning from work and becoming a freelancer. It's all part of the gig economy that we have right now. I've I've read a really nice article on Harvard Business Business Review on that. 
Um, no, it, it is interesting. Yeah. It's not, I mean, whether you become an independent or a contractor or not is a, is a different thing altogether. Mm-hmm. But I guess people have tasted a bit of freedom. Yes, and they just now want to do whatever they want to do uh, and not do those boring Excel spreadsheets anymore, but they want to go bake bread Maybe. or make custom sneakers or whatever because or whatever that's what do. they're passionate about. So that's what they're going to do. Yep, and Wendy's obviously having a, a conversation with somebody out there. I don't know what it is, but nah. uh, anyway, that's all part of the fun, barking away. It's a summer night here, so everything goes on to quite a lot later. But I think you're right. I think that there's certainly people need to know what they want to do. But I will predict that the first time they lose their contract, you know, they'll mm-hmm. then go, oh, I need a permanent job again. I don't want this risk. Yes. Yeah, Being yeah, a yeah. contractor and a consultant the way we are, it's something exactly. we live with the risk. But that's, yeah. that's kind of beside the point here. Mm-hmm. So I think that what we really need to be working toward here is how we can convince people that they can actually work in the office and that yes. they want to work in the office. Yes. And we're not talking about just tempting them to do it because... I think we've passed the day where you get paid to do a job and you do the job. You people need to feel right in their job. I have the right to be happy, you know, yeah. is incredibly it's valid. Yeah. And whether I work from home or work from the office is is what we need to do. It's also about the kind of work that you want to do. It's about do I want to do deep focus work? Because then I would rather work from home where I'm not disturbed. Or do I want to do collaboration, brainstorming? Then I probably want to meet up with a few people in the office. I, th- I think that's that's true, but I don't think that you kind of plan that kind of work. <clears throat> so, so, for example, when I was at the bank, me and my boss, at, at the drop of a hat, because a question was raised, would go and spend half an hour, forty-five minutes in a bubble with you know a whiteboard and a pen, and we would this is the problem and this is where we're at with our current work and strategy and the status yeah. and now we need to make this change and it would get drawn on the board uh, and then inevitably your manager walks out and says make it so you know so you take pictures of the board and try and remember what all the ideas were but but that kind of stuff now is just doesn't happen it's not there and so you need to kind of plan for that now yeah exactly Which we'll yeah. come back to in a little bit but i think that one and of the biggest downsides of this is a lack of opportunity for innovation but yeah because as you said you need to plan it you need to be more thoughtful about how you want to spend your day yeah but people have the rights to be able to say look i want to be able to work where i want to work and so as an it person we then have to give them the experience that the best experience across the board exactly because for example i spend a lot of money in uh, professionalizing my home desk I bought three big uh, screens. I got my 4K camera. I've got my background. I've got my lighting. Everything is set up, and I get lots of compliments about it. Uh, but I don't want to go back to the office because then I need to work on my little laptop, maybe with one extra screen with a 10-year-old clunky keyboard and a mouse with a wire that already 20 other people have touched in the last few days. That's interesting yeah. because I take my keyboard and mouse with me everywhere I go. Okay. Well, I, I okay. bought this particular beautiful model because I have three or four machines here running at any time. And this is Bluetooth into each machine so I can choose which machine it's working on. So Gorgeous. So if, if I take my Surface and then I have the company laptop in there at the same time, 
the laptop is is handy to just to switch from one to another, and it's solid. I mean, it's it's yeah. a little heavy, but it backpack it or it around. But yeah, I for that reason, I have got a company laptop somewhere from one of my clients for their company machine, but I never use it. Um, so funny enough, I always end up taking the mouse and keyboard because I can't move from one keyboard to another easily. No, me I, neither. And so. and in Belgium, so in in the rest of the world, you've got QWERTY keyboards in Belgium, the Azerti is the norm. And I actually have from one of my customers a laptop, like a very heavy four kilo thing that I always have to drag around with an Azerti keyboard. And I'm just working on my QWERTY keyboard. So every time I need to do some stuff on their Citrix and their local whatever devices I need to VPN in, I don't want to do that on my machine. I want to do that on their machine. And then I need to relearn how to type. Well, and this keyboard just Bluetooths into that other device, and you can use the same one. Is but but you're funny when you said that a different mouse and stuff. I always I just throw mine in the bag and take it with me. Yeah. But but that's the way that I move around. That's how mm -hmm. I manage this office policy. When I go to any client or want to another client, then like the other day I visited a different client. I'd not been there for a while, and I only took my Surface device with me because it was just it was a meeting rather than doing anything too yeah. heavy. But uh, they brought in this new device for connecting to the monitor and it was the wrong USB size and I just couldn't connect to it. Uh -oh. they, had to, they had to go and dig around an adapter because I had forgot to take all my adapter pack with me or I hadn't prepped for it because you get into the habit of doing stuff, don't you? Yeah, no, absolutely. Like uh, a few years ago, uh, for example, I would have like these whiteboard markers in my in my backpack just by default because yeah. I, I always love to draw stuff. So I knew that if I would have them handy, because every time I go to a customer and there's a whiteboard and I want to draw something, there are no markers or they've gone bad or they've gone hard and they, they just don't work. So I will always have my own with me. Yeah. Yep. But Same nowadays, thing with the connectors. Yeah, yep. exactly. So we, we get some idea of what experience we're trying to define, describe for people here just yep. by saying the way that we work and the way that other people work. Yes. And, and I know that we work for different organizations. We, we probably have the right wiring in our heads that jump from one place to another and everything else and they're also tax deductible for us <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that does have something to do mm. with it i suppose but anyway, it's tax deductible yes. for the companies too yeah 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 it's true it's true because right, so, for example i have one customer where they said okay starting corona time uh go to the office grab your chair from the office and bring that back home grab a screen from the office grab a keyboard grab a mouse from the office take that back home. Now with the hybrid work, they're not, they can't just bring it back to the office because they also need to work from home. Yeah. So what we now need to do is buy extra chairs, buy extra screens, buy extra keyboards. But they would have had to buy those anyway because I had an organization or worked with an organization, did it the other way around. They said, look, you all need a monitor at home. Mm -hmm. Just go and buy one and expense it. Clear yeah. with your manager. Yeah. And I know one guy bought one of these 72-inch long white screen oh way. my god <laughs> yes yes that was so the, the the message should have gone out um buy yourself a screen and then have another manager that's not your own manager approve it yeah because you know but but anyway yeah so yeah, <laughs> i did a screen share with him once and this thing went wow you know it's beautiful yeah. beautiful beautiful share the application not the screen yeah but there you go well All right. it's it's a different way of working and and that is also touching upon an, another very important bit also around hybrid meetings that we're going to cover later on. But 
people need to know when they're working from home, for example, how to share a screen. But if they're coming into the office, they need to know how to present uh, on a uh, on a beamer. They need to see how they can duplicate their screen onto the beamer or do whatever. Well, let's move into hybrid meetings now because yeah. I think you're right. I think that the way of working has to change. Exactly. All right, but it has to be defined. Yes. Okay, and that service description is really important as part of that process, along with that office policy. So the new way of working, driven by policy that's been agreed by the board, so it's mm-hmm. all funded and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, your service descriptions now need to think about those different work scenarios. It used to be just the sales guys that were road warriors and, yep. and everything else, but now that's kind of slightly different. And, and away you go. So let's talk about hybrid meetings. Now, Microsoft have been talking about hybrid meetings for a year. I, I've been fairly skeptical about the concept of hybrid meetings and how that's actually going to work because in my mind, I have this perfect scenario that says it doesn't matter where I am I'm always going to have the best meeting experience exactly that's what I think as well until this morning when I was in a meeting uh, I was working from home two people were in the office and at some point one person goes to the other look it's on my screen I've got it on my screen and they were just pointing to their screen and shoving their laptop aside so that the other person could see it as well. But of course, I couldn't see it. So I was not a first-class citizen in that meeting. I was not included. I'm so sorry, but I've just got some news for you. You're never a first-class citizen, whatever you do, brother. So just accept it, move on. Well, you know what? (laughs) The big big plus of working uh, from home versus being in meeting room is if I really need to poke my nose, for example, or scratch (laughs) scratch my behind, I can just turn off my camera for a few seconds. But you you are right. At the end of the day, this this whole policy thing is about not allowing people to think that, you know, I'm missing out. And what do we do about it? We end up joking, don't we? I can't see your screen, dipshit. Yes. Hashtag screwed up. Yes. Yeah, exactly. But it does happen. But how often do I, in sitting there talking to somebody, and go, no, that's right. You know, just here, look. Pointing to the screen. Yeah, and then you soon realize they can't see where I'm pointing. Yeah. So maybe there's some tools missing here, you know. Um, It's actually all going to be solved when we're all in the metaverse. When we're all in the metaverse. When we're all in the metaverse, it's all going to be solved. Is, Is it here yet? Are we there? Yet? All right, Microsoft but, are trying on this. Yes. They've got a term for it, haven't they? So, what do they call this hybrid meeting? So they they're basically looking at digital first. Okay. You obviously wondered where I was going there. Yes. That's fine. Very much. <laughs> <laughs> you were the one that wrote digital first on the yeah, board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought we already covered that. But okay, we did go. do. Yeah, yeah, sure. All right. I am confused as well now. (laughs) (laughs) Hybrid meetings. So Microsoft have got this wonderful concept with digital first. And you read all these wonderful words out earlier that I suggested you write on the board. And you that I was not going to forget in any way or form. Shape or form. Yes. Mm -hmm. It was about uh, front row. uh, So the ability to have every meeting in uh, every person in one meeting room appear as if they were all sitting in front of their own little camera. 
Um, yeah, so, so there's a number of things they're working on. So the the front room is one of them. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the blurred background when that all came out was all about trying to protect your privacy at home. Yeah, um, not so, seeing the so dirty, la- the, the the clean laundry drying up behind you. We yeah. should you should actually have a background image which is actually your laundry drying behind you. Then everybody's actually, the same. Yeah, <laughs> just feel included as well. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I've exactly. also done my laundry. Yes, yes. But but their mm-hmm. definition of digital first is not really just about the technology. It's about saying that everybody in a meeting, regardless of where they are, office, home, and all that kind of stuff, is going to feel equally um, the best uh, experience. That, sorry, yes. let's start again. They're all going to have the same high-quality, top experience in a meeting. The same meeting experience, yes, because that's also where your... Um, note comes in with the common denominator is that Which you is can the only yeah you can only go so far as the lowest part of the chain so the the idea of this digital first is that it is actually quite expensive uh yeah because you know we we talk about you know wanting to have the right cameras the the high definition monitor you need to have the right know. hardware so yes. how many companies do you know actually have, give their people a separate 4k camera for working from home yeah, none. And none. how many people actually have, I mean, this is the one thing, how many have a separate camera above the monitor in the office? Uh, in the office, uh, not that much because the most offices I go to are all landscape offices, so they are not... What do you mean landscape offices? Like open an open office where everyone just can sit and be quiet and, and type away. So they... Have to be quiet. Yes. Uh, so they don't have a camera because that's not where they do their meetings. Because then mm. they would disturb everyone else. That's interesting because that's I not know. really the way it works. Oh. So so in this particular place that you're talking about, the offices mm-hmm. you go to, do they have lots of places for people to go and have meetings? Actually, they don't. And that's what I've been telling them <laughs> for years is that they should build more of those places where you can just sit by yourself and do an online meeting or sit with another person or sit with a group of people. But this is about the way... So so this digital first thing is all about having an office of your own then? At work. Mm, uh, yes. Uh, and, <laughs> so and, we just need to go back not, to cubicles, not doing actually. Team, not doing teamwork. No, we just need to go back to cubicles. Okay. <laughs> I mean, in some ways, you're right. If that's I know, what we're saying. I know. But yeah. even if you had cubicles, you couldn't use speakers and microphones. No, but like proper uh, cubicles that uh, where you're just in your own office, in your own little room. Oh, okay. With so a door. An then. Yeah. All right. I got it. But that's not going to happen either. Or, or if they do, it's very expensive. Well, actually, um, at one customer, uh, they actually have this one article up on the wall that is at least 10 years old, that said open offices don't work. (laughs) But the reality is that people have open offices. Yes. And they have open offices because you want people to be able to interact. Yes, you want to have that... um, Ad hoc conversations. Yes, let's call it that. There was a beautiful word for that, but I can't think of it that's okay so i think there's there's certainly value then in trying to work out how you're going to have a digital first environment you're either going to go to a room and you're then going to have a one-to-one meeting even the modern workplaces though for the agile workplaces it's all about people first 
Yes. So it's all about the space where I can meet with those individuals, share and innovate. And if you don't have that, then potentially you're losing some of that innovation. And so consequently, the digital first is, is not actually achievable then. Hmm. All right. <laughs> it depends on what kind of work you need to do. Ah, we're back down to the yeah, industry. If it's persona. a steering committee, it's a workshop, if it's a water cooler conversation. So we're talking about our back to office policy and we're talking about as IT delivering the services we want to deliver. Yes. You kind of have to be able to say any place that I work, anywhere, anytime, home, office, and everything else, I have a common level of service. So I call this the common denominator. You have yeah. to... The service, ex the meeting experience you're having is going to be based upon the person in the meeting that is the worst off. Yes. <laughs> All right. But that's yes. not the reality. No. Everybody ignores, nobody knows actually what scenarios they're in. No. And that was actually, that's actually one of the things that I really want IT people or decision makers to understand is make those scenarios. When would we be sitting together to discuss something? Oh, for this or that or that, depending on your persona, depending on your industry, depending on your whatever. And then you can actually escape your office or your whatever, depending on that. For example, uh, how many bank offices are still, local bank offices are still in Belgium or in the Netherlands or whatever? Anyway, less and less. McDonald's are taking them over. Uh, yes, yeah. exactly. Yes, because they can't deliver a digital service other than NFTs, but that's a different story. Um, but um, because how many people still need to talk face to face with a bank manager so, these days? So how do we how do we set it up so that digital first works at an acceptable level? So, for example. Um, the most common denominator most people do is give everybody a headset with a microphone so yes. they can use that wherever they want. They can yes. use it at home and everything else. But I don't want to be tied when I'm at home in my office to a headset if I can help it. And the headset being used in, in the office, in my office rather than home, is means that I'm talking in an open space. So everybody then ends up with headphones on. And then we get back to my other argument that you don't end up with innovation. But that's, your, that's the baseline. If you're just a knowledge worker and you don't want to invest in a headset and we want you to deliver decent quality meetings, we will buy you a headset. But if you're a person like you and me and you want to have the very best, you will buy or ask for a decent audio device, a decent microphone, but it, because you want to do better than your baseline. But, but is this not about treating everybody the same and working out within your organization what people need to you do You want job? to give everyone the same uh, baseline. You want to give everyone the same opportunity, but then they can go above if they want to. So this That's I, my... So, so I, it's never yeah. going to be digital first then? Of course it's going to be. No, it's not. Because if it's digital first, you should be able to do everything that you can do in an office, at home, or wherever you are. So a hybrid meeting is about being able to do everything that I can do in a meeting, but through some kind of interface, which is MS Teams. So, for example, 
Uh, when was the last time you had a brainstorming session on MS Teams where you were able to sit there and put post-its and everything else and actually make sure that your idea was motioned to everybody else? I so want to say that I did it with the new whiteboard app, but to be honest, I haven't, no. No. It's been a really long time. And, and have you tried any of these or been involved in any of these online stuff? A mirror uh, no, or whiteboard? No. Yeah, we did, there was some Figma to work on, but yep. no, no. You can have the digital cameras where it actually moves a little bit so that everybody can share the same whiteboard. But if I'm yeah. distant from somewhere else, I can't go and write on that board. No. We've just had an experience. You normally do the writing on the board. Your handwriting is way better than me. You're very good at it. I scribble. But because you weren't writing what I wanted to write, I came and took a pen and I wrote on the board. Yes. If I want a feeling, and you don't have a problem with that, no, I get and, it. And, and that, that comes back to that digital first thing. So if, we, if, if five people are sitting in the office and they're scribbling on a whiteboard and I'm at home and I can't scribble on that whiteboard, that's why we need digital first so that we can all scribble on the same digital whiteboard. So are we, we able to deliver digital first? Technically, yes. Okay, and from a human perspective? Uh, I think so. Okay, so let's I haven't I haven't tried out That's a bunch okay. of these things. So what we're trying to aim for here is to be able to support the back to policy to office policies by creating a digital verse environment. Now, yes. The the thing about this conversation is that digital first is based upon what our service descriptions are describing. Yes. So we, that service description needs to be practical enough so that we know how we can do a digital first and the choices that people have. Yeah. And then we have to tell everybody what they will get from a meeting. Yes. And that means we don't end up buying Microsoft's latest and greatest meeting rooms because if I'm at home and I'm trying to get involved in that in some way, I can't do it. What, what I also find quite interesting is this is all about how you set up MS Teams. And we do not, and I know, and I'm rolling out MS Teams at the moment, I know you've done it before, I do not put enough effort into defining and describing the functionality that every user will get in a meeting. I talk about the fact that it says, hey, you can create a meeting and you'll get a chat channel and you'll be able to continue that conversation and collaboration and you'll be able to share documents easily and all that kind of stuff. And um, We don't to do talk enough about the applications that you can add to your meeting, like polls and whiteboard. Correct. And, yeah. I, I think that's... I had I a conversation today mm. about um, a, a company that wants to run a 500-people meeting. The guy just said... I'm going to set up a meeting and add 500 people to it. Yeah. And we're going, okay, that's fine. That will work. But, you know, the real way to do this is to set a webinar up. And I went through the process. And he went, oh, so then I don't have to, everybody doesn't get it in their diary. I don't have to monitor who responded. They couldn't yeah. respond. I get a list, yeah. I said, you get instant polls as well. So you get very, very much, a few extra functionalities. You also get to go back to the meeting and adjust the meeting settings and making sure the microphones. And they were going, all right, that's really cool. But nobody's taught me how to do that. Here's a bunch of links. Yeah. And, you know, you can't do links. You have to show somebody. Yeah, but I can't show everybody. At some point, you have to take responsibility for this. And that is also part of this. But I think that with MS Teams and making sure that people know how to collaborate, understand that they need to prepare 
for a meeting with whatever I need to do in that meeting, mm-hmm. then potentially they will have this digital first experience. But that also means going through the change process, which I know we're going to finish off with because that's kind yeah. of a new policy that we're going to kind of try and do that. But I think understanding MS Teams and what it's supposed to deliver to do digital first, what it's supposed to deliver in terms of our service descriptions, what it's supposed to support in terms of our policy is crucial. And it's part of, you know, part of that experience that we're trying to sell. And that common denominator can start off this low. But as you say, you then grow it and you develop it with extra functionality uh, and as many times as you need to go around. So actually what we need is meeting templates. No, <laughs> I don't think you do. I, I honestly think that if you get to the point where you make something too easy for somebody, then they'll yeah. never grow. We'll have a one-on-one meeting. We'll have a workshop meeting. We'll have a steerco meeting. We'll have a webinar. We'll have a whatever. How meeting do the meeting templates, templates work? Uh, I don't know. If you want to, how do you create a meeting today? You probably go into Outlook. You select a time slot and you say create a Teams meeting, and then it opens up uh, your calendar where you add people in and you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would just say like do it there or maybe at your meeting meeting policy setting screen so is there a way of creating no there's not right now that's what i was thinking no but that would be so cool if we would have that when you say right now does that mean you know there might be i have no no idea i've got no idea but i think it's a good idea to have something like that so uh, our digital first experience then so let's just move on a little bit to um what i think is one of the biggest problems with a back-to-office policy that is allowing people to work only a certain number of days of the year and uh, a week rather the year would be good yes uh-huh. all right and i think it's that lack of innovation i talked about you know going into a bubble and doing a bit of drawing and stuff how the heck do you do that with the fact that you know i don't even know whether the right people are going to be in the office tomorrow well, no, let's be even more. How do I tell people that they can innovate using MS Teams? Sorry, no, I don't mean innovate because that came out wrong. You can have an innovation, a brainstorm. Let's keep it simple. We're going to meet and we're going to brainstorm this problem. Does anybody ever attempt that with MS Teams? Of course. Of course. Of course. And they all write out the answers on pieces of paper, I guess. No, you just deal with the tools that you have, the tools that you know. So it would be better if you would know more tools, like, for example, that Figma or that... Uh, Mirror. Yeah, exactly. So Whiteboard. all those... all those, Yeah, exactly. I use Notepad all the time. So I'm, I'm building a power-up with somebody, and, and uh, he doesn't know anything about developing. So every time before I, I'm writing down a formula, I just write it in, like, normal sentence in a Notepad so that we can discuss it. What you're descri- describing is collaboration. You're not describing brainstorming. You have a known quantity and you're planning where you're going. But I do that with brainstorming as well. For example, if we brainstorm around site structure, I normally do that from uh, uh, PowerPoint. Because there I can draw some little uh, squares. Again, you're now presenting. No, no, no. So you're leading the conversation. No, we, we can have... We can, we can share that PowerPoint and we can go into that PowerPoint with a few people and we can just scribble down on it. And it works. It works. And everybody's happy to do that. 
Depends on the person, of course. Ah. That's the thing, yes. But there are tools that Whereas would make it easier, but I haven't found the time to play around with those. <laughs> you're, so you're assuming the tools are there? Well, I, I hear that Miro and Figma are awesome tools to do things nah. like that. To be nah. honest, I haven't tried it. The new whiteboard should be brilliant. I haven't tried that. Part of the problem is the limitation on the screen size. So uh, yes. I have a 4K yes. screen, so mm -hmm. I could, in theory, put a whole bunch of stuff on here. But the view that somebody else gets is only part of the screen. Yes. So they don't get to see some of the area that I'm working in. Yeah. So I'm sitting there talking about, say, you see this area here? This is where I've put those three ideas around this. And they go, what area? I can't see yeah. it. Yeah, and that's the common denominator that's not that's, there. That's yeah. why I think that the, the, yeah. this digital first is a fine and sound idea, but you cannot really have that straight innovation. But there is some it's way true. of doing this. So I think the need is that you need to be in the office with a whiteboard and five of you in the same room. That's what you need. You actually need to have a brainstorming session together in the room. So how can our technology allow us to do that? The metaverse. The metaverse. <laughs> no, well, that, that's the not metaverse just, just, is, is that is digital first having that same meeting. We're all together in a virtual no, meeting room virtual, and we can just all metaverse. write down stuff on the wall. Bullshit. I'm gonna we sit can here fly around. I can have blue hair. Reality <laughs> check. All right. Reality check. Now, that we're, people are listening to this podcast, actually, I have no idea why you're listening to this podcast, but maybe you're enjoying it. But people are, are trying to get some golden nugget out of this. Yes. And, and if we are trying to say to people, and there are a lot of people out there trying to support the policies, the metaverse is not going to work. The metaverse will not be a policy if for my the company, next few years. If my company is not going to give me a 4K camera and a 4K monitor, they are not going to give me a headset. Oh, but Facebook, well, sorry, Meta just said that their new headset is slightly going to be over 2,000 euros. So why, not, why not buy that for all 800 people in your organization? Yes, It's a exactly. good investment. <laughs> but let's, let's just get back to reality here a second. Yeah. We know that if I need to innovate or brainstorm or make some strategic decisions, mm -hmm. unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to have an interactive meeting on MS Teams without a lot of preparation. So that's the first thing. If you're running a brainstorming meeting, prepare for it. Make sure everybody understands how to do that. And we, we'll talk about that when we get to the change in a minute or two. But also, I think that the tool can, based upon the meeting type, work out who needs to be where and when. And actually set it up so scheduler for example mm -hmm. it, obviously you say hey let's brainstorm around this on tuesday scheduler will go and try and set a meeting up but then it also now needs to set the status and say you need to be in the office that day because this is happening and you're part of it yeah insights yes insights actually tells me what i've done today and what i'm going to do tomorrow it sends me an email and says hey these are the meetings that you're having today how can that insight email Help me brainstorm or innovate in an organization or set it up so that the right people are in the right place at the right time without pissing me off. 
Ooh. Uh, did I tell you last week or a couple of weeks ago I kind of cancelled a couple of meetings and went oh I don't need to be in the office tomorrow I can do that online blah 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 and it was one minute to go when I opened that meeting up when I'd actually realised I promised to buy lunch for everybody and they were all in the office and I was at home <laughs> oops Insight should have told me about that uh, yes yes and I believe it will get infinitely smarter in the next few years but then again how long has Cortana been out? Oh, she's 98 six, now. <laughs> six, eight years, something in, in like that. AI years. Yeah. So uh, same with Google and Alexa. Uh, I actually thought years, in, I think it was seven years ago that I bought my first Alexa. I thought you seven mean, years ago. Say, you've been unfaithful to Alexa. That was your first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got a bunch of, I, I tried all of them. And actually I thought seven years ago, the future is here. This thing, in a few years, is going to take care of everything. And now we're here, seven years ago, and those freaking things are still as freaking stupid as, they, used to as they get. So I was hoping that Cortana would solve all those issues. And I'm still thinking, like, as you said, Cortana is going to be so smart next year it will figure out if i'm planning to go to the office and it will automatically suggest that hey john and peter are also in the office do you want me to set up a 50 minute just get together and 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 talk about shit uh on, on there do you want me to do that or oh you're staying at home but i see you've got a meeting in the office do you want me to rsvp that you're gonna be working from home instead of being in the meeting stuff like that i need Cortana to do this. Microsoft inside. are going to be bringing a bunch of stuff around about your status and location and all yes. that kind of stuff within yeah. MS Teams so that so you're meeting and where I am and what I'm doing and when I'm planning on being online. Mm-hmm. So it shouldn't be too far away. It should actually be quite achievable. But the thing the thing is you've got a scheduler saying, Yes guys, we really need to brainstorm this. It should be able to see that trigger and go, Okay, this is the time when all three of you are planning on being in the office. Which basically means that when we talk about f- helping out with the office policy is that people should plan what day they're going to be in the office at least one week ahead. Yes. So that, it, you know, the tools that can actually allow us to make decisions about where we're going to be and what we're going to do are actually able to... You need to be mindful about your work and about when you're going to do what. As I said, doing focus work, I would rather be at home collaborating, brainstorming, I would rather be in the office. Yeah, I think you yeah. have to be at this yeah. point in time, mm-hmm. and unless everybody has the latest and greatest and all those tools. Yeah, we're knocking on a little bit, but I, I kind oh, of yeah, want okay. to finish this yeah, up. Yeah, we're, sure, sure, sure. We're kind of at five yeah. minutes to the hour, so okay, okay. Yeah, but this is neat. Yeah. This well, is all actually, good stuff. What, what, I, what I get, because we were talking about those golden nuggets, yep. what I get from this whole conversation is that if you want to do hybrid work right you need to look at hardware, you need to look at policies, you need to look at the right applications, but you also need to look at people. You it's need crucial. to make sure they've got digital literacy, they know how to work with the apps, with the hardware, and they know the policies and they know their way around it. I agree. I, I also think that if we do a very quick check on the, uh, on the change stuff, on the ad car things yeah. here, I think that there's a... There's a well, first of all, 
they need to be aware that meetings are going to be different. Yes. You know, they need a different approach. Microsoft is saying a lot about this. You know, people need to understand that a meeting is going to have to be prepared better. It's going to have to be everybody understands what they're about to step into. You can't have 17 meetings in a day and jump from one to another and get any value out of it and not be prepared. So so that's kind of part of the issue. And be aware that if... I want to do focus work. I want to stay at home. If I want to do collaboration, I want to go to the office. I need to be aware of what am I, what are the things that I'm going to do today, tomorrow, this week? What are my, my deadlines, the things that I want to achieve? And then I want to be mindful about where I want to do that work. This mindful thing, you've mentioned that a few times, it's, it's absolutely crucial. So we need to be people aware that meetings will be different, that they need to be mindful of what yep. they're trying to achieve out of that. And it's the meeting owner that has to do that. Yes. So as a meeting owner, you, need to, you have the responsibilities and we need to make sure people are aware of those responsibilities. Because yep. that's what will drive the desire. If, uh, yes. If, if I look at my day... And I go, oh, I've actually got a brainstorm session today, so I'll be in the office, which will be great. And while I'm in the office, I can do X and Y and go and have lunch at my favorite office lunchy place. And, uh, and I, you know, so instead of going, fuck, I've got to travel into work, I've got to get dressed up, I've got to you do those kinds of things. Those are the things that you can set in the organization as part of your policy. Mm-hmm. It's not about just turning up for work. It's about the dress code. It's about setting the at-work attitude and environment yes. and setting the at home environment yes. as well you know yeah no um, meeting fridays i yeah. i have my fridays always marked out as project day because that's yeah. the day i try and do the all this you know the stuff for the project budgeting and all that kind of stuff uh, inevitably i don't the last few weeks i've been cutting and pasting language pages into my sharepoint changing oh boy oh but boy. I, I think i found yeah. a way of doing that um, okay. um, somebody's going to give me a PowerShell to exclude all the e- the text, translate it, and re-import it again. Oh, so, nice. Mm. nice. Nice. So anyway, nice. so is that. And then I think the, the knowledge side of it is really about what tools people are going to use and making sure they know, you know, that how a whiteboard works, how yes. to set up a whiteboard, yeah. how to actually set a webinar up and when not to set a webinar up. And I know we're talking about MS Teams only, which is fine. It's obviously the product for this area. So... Uh, I think there's some things that we've been able to pass along here. I'm not going to get into the rest of the stuff, but monitoring feedback and, and all that kind of stuff. We didn't mention Loop. I, yeah. think, I think that Loop is going to bring a bunch of possibilities mm-hmm. to be able to do that innovation and stuff, but that's kind of still coming around the corner mm-hmm. uh, and what needs to be. And then there's the follow-up to those meetings. Yeah. So I think that we can support a back-to-office policy. We can drive people to the point where they get as good a digital first experience as the company is willing to put into place and yes. then develop and, and grow it. Um, and then I, I also think that um, from an end user perspective, we want to be able to get to the point where they want to come into work when they need to come into work and they want to stay at home when they need to stay at home. And it's that those tools that we need to give people, those tools that allow them to make some of those choices uh, and then take it from there. I think it was yep. a really cool conversation. It was. 
Even the second time around. Even the second time around. All right. Uh, this time it was elbows that got in the way. Yeah. But that's fine. Well, as I said, we easily killed a, a, an yeah. hour of conversation on this. And part of me keeps wanting to go back and talk about something else and add a bit extra and add a bit extra. <laughs> but, no, uh, well, actually, for me, this this is for me the, the, the key part of the whole conversation. I think you you're need right. to have the right applications. You need to have the right policies around those applications, the right hardware. And people need to know how to work with us. I think what we need is a digital first definition. All right. A definition of mm -hmm. for us, this is what digital first means. Yeah. And that then allows you to define the apps, policies, hardware, and the expectations of the people. If you don't actually have that definition, you can't actually create the policy, start off with, and you can't feed the policy, but then you can set up those things. You're right. Getting those things right, but they have to be achievable, deliverable. What's that wonderful? Measurable. Thing? That's the one. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. All those kinds of things, yeah. which is cool. All right, I'm getting thirsty and could really do with the whiskey. Yes, let us bring out the American bourbon for today. We are going to America. We're actually going to a Kentucky. distillery in Kentucky. Yes, this is the John E. Pepper. James. James. James No, no, e. John Pepper. was his brother. They're, yes. they're brothers. Yeah, okay, you're right. James E. Pepper. Uh, and it's a, a bourbon whiskey. Um, from Kentucky, as you say. It's a 92% proof, this particular one. Um, and the distillery, uh, it was actually named after Elijah Pepper. All oh, right, Elijah Pepper. So Moren's just pouring this out. So we're going bourbon. Um, and, and we've got some interesting sweetness about this. So looking at what it's actually supposed to deliver, um, then the color is typically a bourbon color. Choose the one that you want. I don't know what was which, where, when, and how. Thank you very much indeed. And uh, yeah, it's bourbon. <laughs> it smells like you bourbon. You smell, yes, you smell the vanilla. You absolutely do. So um, yeah, oh, we we like it's bourbon. Not, it's not bad though. No, it's, it's not. It's, it's not, not your typical your face, Jack bourbon. Daniels. Nope. I'll bite your head off. There's no bourbon. banana anywhere. No, it's very not. herby. I thought. But we're supposed to get um, blackberry jam, shortbread biscuits, and vanilla. I actually get some mint in there as well. Really? I do get yeah, the shortbread. Some peppermint. But then again, I'm fairly convinced I read these things and then I just yeah. smell them because I've read them. Now I just want some shortbread. <laughs> <laughs> I can start cooking you some if you like. Nah. Mm -hmm. it's nice though. On the nose, it's very pleasant. Not overly yeah. sweet. It no. still feels like a good bourbon you know yeah you you have the typical bourbon characteristics but then it it smells finessed. pretty light fin finessed elegant yes that's a good a good description for the nose the best description is the name pepper pepper oh boy is it so peppery not in a bad oh. way though because okay. it's kind of it's across the whole spectrum So the first sip delivers rye spices, especially cinnamon, apparently. Um, and then with oak, brown butter, toffee, and a plum note. But it's got a long finish. Oh, yes. And a, a good finish it's as going. well. Yeah. But it's not, it's not the complex finish. It's not changing. 
No, that's true, but it's it's a good finish in the way that it it keeps its elegance. It drew. You like that word now, don't you? Uh, yes. Yes, everything will be elegant. Um yeah, except if we're going to Isla, but yes. Then there will be a few cheeses. Oh, I love this. Yes, yeah, so I really I. like this. I, I tell you what I really quite like about it is that it's a mouthful of whiskey. So it's, yeah, the it's oiliness. Just, yeah, is it's not just a sip that kind of changes on the back of the tongue or moves around the mouth. You drink it and boom, it's there. Pepper, pepper starts to die off. Uh, and then you get a really nice, warm, smooth finish that just keeps going on and on and on. Very, very nice. Yeah, a bit of that cinnamon, a bit of nutmeg, but also fresh. A little... It's not minty, it's something else. It's not mint, it's... Isn't that... Uh, there's that thing that goes into an old-fashioned? Is that the thing you're tasting? Mm, I can't no. remember what they call it. But it, once you've had the taste and you have this, they get the nose again, then the sweetness comes through a little bit more. Yeah. But not, not vanilla sweet, sort of fruity sweet. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, definitely. This, this actually... I'm, I'm super happy with this one. Yeah. If you would compare this with a Buffalo Trace or whatever, yeah. I think I would rather have this one than a Maker's Mark or a uh, Buffalo Trace because they're a little more oomph in your face. What, were they, are they? I might be wrong, but aren't they Tennessee? Yes, um, I so think that so. Puts you into the Jack. Yeah, it's true. Maybe Kentucky is. Yeah, would, different. I, it's a long time since we've looked it's at more this. More mellow. So I, I forget it, but it's it's near Uncle Nearest than Jack Daniels. Turns that, well, pepper, but it's more chilly in the, in the nearest. But this is good. Yeah. James E. Pepper. It's there no, you go. Not very chilly at all, so. No. It is it's definitely good. pepper. It's n- but also in a good way. Not in a bad, I'll explode in your mouth and you will never taste anything again tonight. The, Wait, no. <laughs> the first whiskey we had was peppery, the one from yes. Scotland. And we, yes. it was not as pleasant by a long, long way. No, this, this is more mellow. Yeah, it's more... Did I say elegant? You said elegant, I think, with a little finesse added. <laughs> okay. So, an elegant whiskey on top of an elegant solution here for our back-to-office policies and the areas that we need to look at. So guys, um, and gals, of course, uh, what we and actually... By non-conform binary you, I, I've got a funny dogs. story yes. about that, actually. Oh, God, okay. Yes, I know. It's, it's not so funny, but it's an interesting one. Do you know that um, Germany, in the German language, have changed the way that they define um, the, male the and forms? Okay. No, they now put an asterisk in. So I kind of had all this German translation done. And when I was kind of looking at it, I went back to the translation company and went, okay, this is a weird look. There's an asterisk in the middle of the word. Surely that's wrong. You know, have you made a mistake? What you've yeah. done? And, and it was for the word ambassadors. It was part of my ambassadors page. Yeah. So it kind of had this word, asterisk, and the word carried on. So they went back to the translation and said, hey, what, they've done this. And apparently the Germans are now using that to say this is a neutral word rather than being woman, man, whatever, whatever, whatever. So they've come up with a way of putting an asterisk into the word that actually doesn't make it a her word, a female or a male word. It's actually a neutral word. 
that is kind of silly and kind of genius. It is, isn't it? Yes. yes. I mean, it, it, I don't speak German or read German, but but oh. apparently it's the new way. And most newspapers okay. are kind of now taking it on board in Germany. Because I went, do I change this? Do I go back to the old way? So I asked the question, you know, what are the newspapers doing? Yeah. And more and more of them are starting to use this new way. So they've changed the grammar of the way you write German wow. to okay. be to be okay. neutral, to imply that this says no gender. Sure. So there you I go. Can, I can deal with that. That's so can I. I yeah. don't have a problem with it. It was just interesting that, you know, I, I don't mean this in a negative way, but the Germans did it first. You know, normally you're kind of going, no, we're going to go down that way. What, invade Belgium? Oh, no, no sorry. No, behave yourself, <laughs> you. But, you know, they, yeah. they're not so into change, but this seems to be the first time I looked at it. This is rather cool. Okay. All right. So, um, yes, this is Stephen Moraine. It's Office 365 Distilled. We are running late today, but I don't particularly care. Um, we had a strange idea this morning about talking about back-to-office policy. Uh, neither of us were sure we would have enough to talk about when we yes. talked about this until we but started to... Until we start talking, and then we can yeah. go on for hours and hours. Yeah. So there you go. Um, I think you've got a lot of ideas there. As, I, as Moraine says, the golden knowledge. Get MS Teams to write apps, write policies, write hardware. Get the people involved. Make sure your change policy is telling them things like meetings will be different, and this is the definition of what meetings will be. And make it so that they really don't mind where they work. I can't fix the fact it takes an hour to drive into the office. But I can fix the facts that if you need to be in the office to collaborate with people, because that's the people aspect, hey, that's what you get paid to do and that's what you get the best out of and are oh, fine, you know, you'll enjoy it. But also, if you're at home, because you have to be at home, then you can get as good an experience and it's defined and that's part of our service description. Beautiful. Well said, my man. You're welcome. All right, I'm going to say goodbye and let Moraine say goodbye. And uh, thank you for being with us. Episode 91 of Office 365. Nine to go till number 100. Our famous 100th episode. Yes, mm. which, of course, if we build up too much, will be a big flop. Yes. <laughs> All right, oh guys. Well. Steve Dolby is signing out. Bye for now. Bye-bye. <laughs> We are not millennials, we are matured. Steve may be more than Maren. Maturing the business like whiskey in a barrel.